was so much energy. I don't even know that I can match that at eight o'clock at night. That's Ooh. crazy. I was surprised got, I had it. That you woke me up though. It was like a it was like a lightning bolt hit the tip of my penis, and it just it lit me up. <laughs> I was watching Step Brothers earlier. You probably haven't seen it because it's a Will Ferrell movie. But nope, I have not because it's a Will Ferrell. That's that's, movie, but that's fine. But anyway, it is great to be back for another episode of the Philly Grip Podcast. And uh, as usual, as we're probably going to continue for the the next few months, we're gonna we're just gonna jump right onto the ice. We're gonna start with that every time because, uh, well, while we do have stuff to talk about this week, we generally don't have much because you know where I stand. I kind of want them to lose, and I get a little upset when they win. And uh, you know, but anyway, <laughs> let's just jump right on in here. Let's just let's just let's just get her done. And uh, so since last week's episode, unfortunately, the Flyers have done pretty good. So uh, they got back-to-back dubs over the Capitals. Who the um, hell do they think they sorry, are? Sorry, sorry. That was, that was before. That, that was before. I'm sorry. So as of last week's episode, they uh, we beat the Ducks. So I was so excited hoping the Flyers would lose all of these games because the games we had coming up were against some of the only teams below us. So I was like, please let, me lose, let us lose these games so they can gain some ground on us. But uh, we smacked the Ducks up five to two, and then we did lose to the Blackhawks four one, which made me feel good. But then we bounced right back with a win two to one against the Red Wings, before losing to the Jets. We win one, lose one, win one, lose one, and now we're tied at two with the lowly Kings. But aside from what's going on on the ice, there's some news uh, that came off the ice. Well, technically, from one player who was off the ice while everybody else was on it, and. Uh, Let's just get to it. It's, it's a clean way of putting it. It's an, it's an uncomfortable conversation to have, but it's a conversation that we need to have. And uh, we're going to be talking out, you know, a lot of this out loud. And, you know, hopefully I don't. Because it should be, honestly. Hopefully, I, I, mean, hopefully, this I, don't, is... hopefully I don't lose anybody. Um, but, but, I mean, this, okay, so what we're going to talk, all right, so we're talking about the Flyers had their pride night, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, and Ivan Provorov, who. You know what I mean? Is one of the top line D guys, you know what I mean, for the team. He decided not to skate for, you know what I mean, for the pregame stuff for Pride Night. You mean for the Pride Night celebrations. And look, if that's your choice to do that, then, you know what I mean? If you're doing it on your own, just, you know I mean, fine. You know what I'm saying? Just, you know I mean, keep your mouth shut. Just, you know I mean, stay, stay in your ignorance. Just don't throw it my way. You know I mean, it's kind of, you know I mean, that's kind of the way that I, th- that I feel about it. Now, What's causing the problems more than anything, I think, is the reaction from the coach, John Tortorella, and how he is defending Ivan Provorov's um, boycott of the of the Pride Night uh, pre-skate. All right. So, oh, here we go. So I'm going to back it up a little bit and start with with Provorov first. So so like Wes said, he didn't want to take the pre the he didn't want to do the pregame warm up because for those who don't know, that is when they wear the pride jerseys. They have you know they have pride jerseys that have you know like the rainbow colors for uh, the numbers and, and whatnot. And he didn't want to wear that. And they did ask him about it, and he said, you know, I just you know. I, Basically, I, I, I'm going to be true to myself and my religion, and that you know that's all I'm going to say. Now he is Roman, Roman Orthodox. Yeah. Now you mean Roman from, uh, or from Russian? What Russian I Orthodox. Ga- from what I gather, it is not. And if anyone likes to correct me, forgive me if if I'm wrong. Like I said, this is just what I heard. I'm not speaking of it as as it's a fact. 
but I have heard from multiple people that it is not necessarily uh, off brand when it comes to um, when it comes to Russians to not exactly be the most tolerant of anybody in the LGBTQ. I so many. I don't want to like. I, I don't want to keep saying that every time it gets long winded, but um, they don't really tolerate any people that aren't basically uh, straight. That's basically basically the way to go about it. And uh, you know, while they don't seem to be as outwardly hateful as some other people are towards, it's more like quiet intolerance, which really is mildly better if you really think about it like yeah they're not out here like committing hate crimes but you know i I, i'm very very disappointed that in 2023 we still have people like ivan provorov that can't see past some of the the bullshit parts of religion um especially the parts at least that he's looking at that are mistranslated yeah like the in 2023, unless you are a child that is literally being taught and doesn't know any better, anything that anything, no matter what it is that has to do with exclusion of other human beings, you should just stay away from it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's absolutely, it, it's just so it's it's so fucked up. But anyway, so here's where I'm conflicted. So now we're gonna get into Tortorella, like you brought it up. So Tortorella, when they asked him about it, he said, you know, he. He pretty he did the company thing pretty much. He he did the company man thing because he, he, said, he, he said Absolutely he did because line. he said because he said you know Provorov did what he did. You know one thing that I respect about him is that he stays true to himself and you know he doesn't listen to the noise and he does what he thinks is right uh, without you know making any crazy waves. But then immediately after he went on to say that you know the Flyers, which they did, that the Flyers organization as a whole put out a statement with how they feel, which is not aligned with how. Uh, with how Provorov feels and Tortorella was saying, you know, other, you know, aside from that, it was, a, it was a great, it was a great night. It was a great, you know, the fans, you know, had fun. It was a great showing for pride night and stuff like that. And then they brought it back to anyone who had forgotten when the Colin Kaepernick situation happened in the NFL, uh, when he was kneeling to protest um, police brutality and just racial overall injustice. racial injustice. Yeah. So Tortorella initially had said basically that no one, no player on any team he is ever coaching would be permitted to do that. Like, if you do that shit, you're getting benched. Now, here's where it gets iffy. He was asked about this, and here's what he said. He said, and, and this is where it's it's weird. Like, I don't agree with him, but I respect the approach. So he says that... um initially before Kaepernick was kneeling when he was just sitting when he wasn't doing anything before he had that conversation with a member of the armed forces I don't remember what branch but when he had a conversation and they said look I understand what you're doing and I fought for the reason for you to do this but when you don't do anything when you just sit it's a you know that's a it's an added level of disrespect like if you could at least just kneel and you know they worked that out and he said you know, I can look, I can work with that. I can live with that. That's, yeah. that's, that's fine. You know, I still get my point across and, you know, I'm still in a way honoring the sacrifice you made for me to be able to do this. So Tortorella then walked it back and said, you know, he realized that he was wrong, 
And this is this is from Tort's mouth. He said, while he still believes that not standing for the anthem is not the way to go, he recognizes that it's wrong for him to force anyone else to believe what he believes. So I respect the approach because I think that's the right approach. While I completely disagree with the fact that he's one of those people that believes that no matter what, whether or not you think the flag app, app actually represents what this country is supposed to represent or not, uh, I, I do not agree with. But that's where we get into this conversation because people had asked me about, do you think that they made the right approach letting Provorov play that night? And this is where it's tough because I went back and forth because while I don't agree with him at all, I mean, the fucking initiative for Christ's sake is called hockey is for everyone. So essentially, even though you want to sit on this whole, I'm siding with my religion and I want to do it peacefully and just sit in the back, you're essentially saying that you don't believe that these people should be allowed to play hockey. Yeah. Because that's what the initiative is. is Hockey is for everyone. Hockey is for everyone. Purple, gay, straight, whatever. If you can play, you can play. Well, see, and that's the thing. It's like, when people see the hockey is for everyone um, label, I think they only look racially. I feel like that's the first thing to see because you because you can you only have like what twenty something, maybe twenty something players very, total very in, the, the in, yeah. I mean, in the NHL that are that, that are not that are non-white. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, so like, so when so I mean, when you're looking at it like that. You mainly see it as like okay, seeing black and Asian players playing, or like maybe handful of like um, I mean Hispanic players. You might see it's like oh shit, okay, cool. Not necessarily thinking about the LGBTQIA community because most most locker most men's athletic locker rooms are still are still looking at are still looking at the you know you mean the queer community as such a taboo thing that you mean that they don't want to acknowledge yeah so so when you see the hockey is for everyone we we have to remember that it isn't just about color it's also about you know i mean you mean who you i mean who you are as your as your full self it is it is like i said it is about it is about race it is about gender it is about who you identify as it is about sexual orientation it's about people with disabilities it is yes Literally, hockey is for everyone. If you are able to play the game of hockey, we want you to be able to play the game of hockey. That's what it's about. So I don't care your reasoning, and I don't care that it you know it's nice that you sat in the back and didn't make a big ordeal out of it, but you're, that's essentially still what you're saying, that you don't agree with this movement that hockey is for everyone. So that, that, that bugs me. But where I do understand, and I think the bulk of me is with is on board with them not benching him is because it is a slippery slope when you start forcing people to parrot the beliefs of their employers. I never want that anywhere, ever. So it was the same thing when Jerry Jones came out and said that nobody would be allowed to kneel Mm -hmm. uh, if they wanted to play for the Cowboys. That's fucked up. Like You do not get to tell people what their beliefs are. I don't, I don't, I don't no, like that. So all. even whether I agree with you or not, it just, it is such a slippery slope because then where does that end? You are literally just told what you have, like, you don't, when you work for me, you don't have your own beliefs or at least you can't act on them. You believe what we believe and you lose, it. yeah, you lose your, um, your anonymity. You, 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 you lose your, um, your free you will. You lose your individuality is, yes. what, is what you lose because it's, it's I don't think anonymity was the proper word. I it's do not. apologize for that one, but it's fine. But so, so while again, Flashing neon signs. I want people to realize to, to understand. I do not agree. 
I do not side with Ivan Provorov's take, but I just I don't like the Pandora's box that you'd be opening up if you say because you don't agree with him, he shouldn't have been able to play that game. Because then where does that end? Where does that end? You might agree with some you might agree with a take that somebody has. Because here here's the thing. Say, you know, so say they benched Provorov because he didn't wear those Pride Night jerseys. Mm-hmm. Right? And we we disagree with the stance that he didn't go out there. So we'd be like, you know, okay. Now say Wayne Simmons was still on the team and he knelt for the anthem. And the team told him because they don't believe in that he can't play. You know what I'm saying? That's a yeah. slippery slope. It's a slippery slope to 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 say, you know, you can play or you can't play based on what your beliefs are. You don't have to agree with it, but I just, I don't like the precedent being set that you have to parrot the beliefs of, you know, of, of your employer. Um, so like I said, it's, it's an awkward, it's an uncomfortable conversation. I'll tell you what, if you would have told me before the season that once pride night came that Tony D'Angelo would be out there wearing a pride Jersey and Ivan Provorov wouldn't, I'd have told you you were fucking crazy because for <laughs> anyone who doesn't know, Tony D'Angelo has a hell of a checkered past when it comes to be one of those crazy fucking, MAGA fucking asshats. Uh, so, like, as soon as we got him, I wasn't yeah, necessarily excited for that. I was like, you know, he seems to be coming around, hopefully. Um, now him wearing that jersey could just be to not further bring people back into what they already knew about him. But, you know, who knows? <laughs> I don't know, but if you would have told me that he would wear one and Ivan wouldn't, I would have told you you were fucking crazy. But it's also like it you know, our buddy RJ was telling me that he, he, you know, while he doesn't know if it was genuine or not, he's like hearing his name in the trade. Like he thinks with how poorly things are going for the Flyers that like this may have just been a move that Provorov made to try to expedite him getting traded. Which if you if you were willing to go that far, I mean, look, that's on you to decide what heat you're willing to take. <laughs> but I don't know that I would have gone that far. But you you almost wonder what that has to do or, you know, what that does to the psyche of your teammates when literally everyone else, to my knowledge, he was the only player in the entire NHL to not. I'm pretty sure because yeah. we're not the only team that does a pride night. No, that's no, a league wide no. thing. I believe. Yeah. NHL. And it, NHL I don't know is, that they I all mean, do it at the same time. I always forget if they league. do it at the same time or not. I don't know if they all do it at the same time or if they all have their own night that they do it. Like, it, like one team could do it in February. The other team might do it in January. I don't know. I don't know. But, but you know, to my knowledge, he's the only player to not do it. So you wonder what that does to the psyche of your teammates because the odds these days, I mean, the odds ever, but especially these days when people, thank God, are are feeling at least a little bit more comfortable and confident to come out, especially in the sports community, um, the likelihood that none of his teammates either have a sibling that's gay or a friend that's gay or one of them may be gay, like the likelihood that that there's none of that going on to where they look at him sideways, I feel like is quite rare. So I, I wonder what that does to the locker room. Yeah, I'm not sure, man. And like, I mean, look, I fully agree with you about that. And, and at the same time, I also agree with you about the whole thing with the benching towards. Yes, dude, you're right. It is a slippery slope. You know what I mean? You can't, you can't, you can't bench somebody for, you're almost getting in that like dictator land where you're starting to decide where what I believe yes. is what should be right for you. And it's very totalitarian. 
you yeah, know what I mean? And, and, I, and, and I, I can't just, do that. I and I just do don't, and I just don't like that. And I hate the fact that there's people that are probably going to dislike me for saying that. Like, no, you want to, you don't support these people. You should be benched. I'm like, look, I get it. I, I don't agree with it. I don't agree with his stance. But then what happens when something that you do agree with him on doesn't reflect what the team thinks and they bench him for that? You can't have it both ways. Yeah. Either right. they parrot the beliefs of the organization or they don't. You're right. It, it is what it is. So you don't have to agree with it, but like, you know, how, t- take the athletic shit out of it at your own job. Do you want to keep bouncing around job to job if you're, you know, if you're one of those people that's forced to toe the company line and agree with shit that you don't actually agree with just to keep your job? You just you're going to keep bouncing around looking for work? Yeah, probably that's bullshit, not. man. Nah, it probably not. It's one of the shitty parts of the world that we live in. But like, that's where I went back and forth because, you know, my mom asked me, she was like, do you think he should have been benched? And I was like, oh. Like, like my heart says yes, because it's just such a stupid, especially in 2023, it's just such a stupid stance to take that like, I I feel like it should be like, I feel like it's like, you should pay a stupid tax for that. And that's why (laughs) you should be benched. But then again, like I said, like, I can't, you can't, you just just can't like that. That just opens up way too many boxes, way too many, you know? The team wants you to, you know, the team decides that, you know, new diet info has come out and it's, you know, better to be vegan, but you don't believe in that. But, you know, so they're, they're going to bench you if you don't choose to, you know, eat the diet that their cooks want you to eat. Like, where mm-hmm. does it end? Like, you open that box, you can't fucking close it. No, <laughs> so, no, not, uh, no, not without destroying everything inside and trying one. to create again. So, yeah, long so, story short, we do not agree with his stance, but unfortunately, we agree with the non-benching because that's just not, that's just a bad precedent i think so all 32 teams do host a pride night um it it doesn't really say anything about when they do them because you know you don't normally have hockey in the time that pride normally happens which is like june and stuff like that that's like the tail that's like you're getting into i don't know if you're getting into the off season or like the tail end of like the stanley cup playoffs type type in when do stanley cup playoffs start please um just just so we know, you know, just for that reference. But um and and, and pro Rob aside, like the, the same thing goes for torts. I do not I do not believe April thirteenth. The regular 13th. season ends. That's when the regular season ends, but then you got a couple months you got like a month or so, a month and a half of playoffs, right? So you you might get into like so if just either barely, way barely though, but it wouldn't be all teams. No, it'd be two to four, probably. Yeah. <laughs> so so I get it. And, and yeah, so like I was saying, the same thing goes for Tortorella. While I do not agree with his stance about you hear the anthem, you must stand this and that. I do appreciate that he's at least come as far enough to learn that just because you think that way doesn't give you the right to tell other people that they have to feel that way. Yes. So that's at least a very minor good point in a sea of just uncomfortably annoying, disappointing shit. But it's all right. We got better stuff to talk about, though. We do. That's why we, gonna, that's why we, we knocked gonna... that shit out. And, you know what I mean? Yo, cut that out early, man. Yo, listen from here on out. This is where it gets good. <laughs> yeah. Fuck I mean, that stuff, that's, 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 that stuff is all very, very important, though. It um, absolutely is. I'm not I'm not doubting the but, importance but this, of this it, is, Yeah, this is where we don't have to discuss anything disappointing and uncomfortable anymore. Because now this is just all really good shit. So, dude. All right, never mind. No, no, no. 
No, no, we'll get it. No, 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 no. We'll get into it when we talk about Eagles because because it's about Eagles. Oh, my man was just my man just dude at me. So yeah, because I, I I didn't expect. So we I didn't expect gonna, what I saw. We are going to touch the Eagles last because they have you know there's a lot of stuff we got to talk about there. So we are going to jump right into some Sixers basketball and boy, boy, oh boy, what a week it has been. Sorry. I mean, look, we didn't start. Oh no, we've only had a handful of games since last episode. Damn, we had we had we had the Clippers, we had, we had Trailblazers, and we had the Kings. That's it. Yeah, shit. I thought we had more than that. Okay, that is all. That is all we had. But everyone should be very happy to know that the Sixers won all three of those games, <laughs> and they are. And ever since that loss, ever since that loss to the Thunder, they are riding a five-game winning streak. And I believe all five of those games, if I'm not mistaken, were on the road. Yes, they were. Um, yeah, every one of them was on so the road. So that's great. So yeah, so we had. So I told you the toughest game. Uh, well, with the not with with the knowledge that I had when I said it, the toughest game would be the Clippers, and it was a tough game. We ended up winning that game by ten. Joel Embiid did Joel Embiid things and had forty one points, forty one nine and three, and and that was you know we actually needed every bit of that because when you're playing the Clippers, and especially when you're playing the Clippers with Kawhi and Paul George, yeah, you know, active. You got to have all everybody firing, and James Harden did not have a great game. In 32 minutes, he only attempted six shots, and he went one for six. He finished with six points, nine assists, and three rebounds. That's rarely going to cut the mustard. But Joel, Joel having 41 and Maxi adding in 22 off the bench really, really helped. And then you move into the Trailblazers game. We win that by 10. And then the Kings game, where I did say the Kings are a lot more spunky than they used to be and they are doing a lot better we ended up we were down at one point i believe by 20 um if i'm not mistaken i gotta look at the so now we're down by how much were we down by maybe we weren't down by 20 but i know we were down for (laughs) quite a bit but we ended up winning the game by two which i did not expect i thought we'd win it a lot cleaner but i didn't realize that we were not going to have joel Embiid or james harden so the fact that we won that game without either of those two in the lineup says some things. I mean, look, yo, um, Maxi, Maxi put in fucking thirty-two that game, dude. Yes, like, he, yes, yo, he dude, did. Yo, yo, when you need big things, Tyrese comes in big. Think about how crazy this is. We are winning these games in large part with one of our starting five contributing virtually no points ever being pj tucker if you get three out of him it is a glorious night i mean again at this as we have said not what we got him. it's not why we picked him up we got him for corner threes and defense and toughness but um and anyway but uh yeah find the threes (laughs) yeah but you know you have like you said you have maxi dropping 32 um and then you just look everywhere else you got Harris, Harrell, Melton, Niang, Milton, all in double digits. So that that's going to help. And looking forward, looking ahead, the game we have all been waiting for. Ben Simmons is back in the Wells Fargo Center to play. And this time, barring anything crazy, Joel Embiid will be in the lineup. And I have been waiting for this. I've been waiting for this moment. I'm a little pissed that KD won't be in the lineup because I wanted best on best, but it is what it is. Really, the the you know the 
the the story within the story that or the story within the game is I wanted to see Joel Embiid against Ben Simmons. I know they're not primarily going to be guarding each other, but that I would true. be shocked if there wasn't some ridiculous shit talking going on. Then I'm here for it. You know Joe is going to non-fucking-stop. You know all he's going to do is talk. And last week, again, like I've been doing every week, I've been telling you guys that if the Sixers just take care of business, looking at the schedules that the other teams have, there's some real, real chance for movement. And now here we are officially officially sitting second in the Eastern Conference. Yes, we are. We have four games until the next episode. Yes. Now, we're not necessarily in sole possession based on wins. It's just because we have one less game played than Milwaukee. They're 30 and 17. We're 30 and 16. Um, So hopefully we win one more game. They lose. We're in sole possession. And we are, yeah, we're four games back of Boston. So it is not impossible. You know, if we keep doing what we need to do, that we could could catch Boston. We're the fourth best team in the league, bro. Especially with how these next, I mean, with Brooklyn looking right now, plus these next three games after that. You know what I mean? Before our next episode that we talk. Uh, who do we have? Um, so we have Brooklyn tonight. Then we have the Nuggets on the 28th on Saturday. That's a tough game. That is a tough game. That will, Jokic is no joke. The Joker. That's that going is, to is, be. That is going to be the toughest game out of these ones I'm talking about. Because then after yeah. that, we have a... Uh, we have a, well, Number one, all these are home games. Um, yeah. And then we have a uh, back-to-back... Or no... Um, yeah, obviously two home games, but Orlando is going to be both games. Uh, Monday the thirtieth, and then Wednesday the first. Yeah. Oh my goodness! If you take out, you take out that, um, excuse me, that uh, that Nuggets game. Like we said, we have the Nets tomorrow. That's the Nets without KD. So if you're at full strength, there really isn't an excuse for you to not win that game. I'm not saying it should be a blowout, but you should win that game. The Nuggets game is going to be tough, but then after that, like you said, you have back-to-back games against the woeful Orlando Magic, and then the even worse San Antonio Spurs, and then, and the, then the sputtering New York Knicks before you get to the Celtics. If you can take care of business before getting to the Celtics, who you are chasing for that number one spot, when the Celtics have the Lakers, who are getting better, they have the Lakers coming up, they also have the Nets, which, again, they should win that game, but then they have the Suns. That's no cakewalk. The Pistons, they'll win. <laughs> the Pistons, they will win that game. Then they have us. So we could get we could gain some more ground. I think it's a very realistic possibility that if we take care of every game that we're supposed to take care of, when we see the Celtics, we may only be about two games back. I'm about to say, man, because I see us winning tonight. You know what I mean? I see us winning tonight. We don't Denver... Denver game is a coin. You mean that's we, a coin we, flip? We don't we don't play tonight, bro. Oh, sorry. Wednesday. Whatever. <laughs> Fuck it. That's all good. I keep on saying that. I don't know. That's fine. Um, but then you I mean then what? You I mean Nuggets is a coin flip, and then you have the two Orlando games. Then uh, San Antonio. Like, dude, I see us going five and one. Like, if we can go five and one to that's... where that de- to where that Denver that Denver game is the only one that kind of scares me, just a little bit, yeah. just be, just because of like what you're talking about with with a uh, Jokic, so. Yeah, it's 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 going to be something. So there's and and not to mention, like I said, that we could we could theoretically be, you know, maybe two games behind Boston, but we can also create a tiny bit of breathing room with the people behind us if we take yes. care of business. So yes, and that's, that's really what I'm hoping for more than anything. Yeah, that's what it's not. And and after all the shit that we talked about, how unbelievably he was nowhere to be seen in the rankings. I did see the latest 
uh, MVP poll that had Joel Embiid in second or third. So he is at least finally on the list. Um, so that's that's good that he's getting the recognition he deserves. I don't know how many fucking 30-plus 30 point games, 30-point-plus games that he has to put together on. it. Like, there usually is always something that they will use to discredit somebody from being in the MVP race. It'll either be, you know... Their team's really good, but their individual stats don't reflect it. Or their individual stats reflect it, but only against shitty teams. Or they have the individual stats, but it's not on a winning team. Joel Embiid has the individual stats on both ends of the floor, not just offensively. He's also a defensive stalwart. We are on, we are the fourth best team in the entire league. So for him to not... It's, it's a crime that it took till now for him to even get in the discussion, number one. But I'm Agreed. just glad he's there. I'm just glad he's there. And um, they are playing <laughs> really good basketball. Really good basketball. Um, there's yeah, there's nothing bad. There's nothing bad to be said. You know, all all you can hope for is, you know, continued health moving into the you know latter part of the season because that's generally what derails us. You're not wrong. Um, the only thing I want to talk about is an article that I saw that had to do with Joel Embiid and one of the greats, Hakeem Olajuwon. Yeah. I don't know if you've heard about this or not. I thought you were about to say, if I heard of Hakeem Olajuwon, I was like, what? No, that's not my question. Um, I can, maybe refresh my keep talking. I'll let you so, know. Akeem As Olajuwon, of right now, it's not ringing a bell. He had oh, a, wait he a minute. Before a, you say it, before you say it. Before you say it, is it does it have anything to do with him basically nitpicking how Joel gets his points? It's him nitpicking about how how this how the role of the center is essentially dead. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yes, I do I do know what you're talking about. Um, Akeem Olajuwon was on. I, I can't remember whether it was a podcast or whether it was a uh, it was just a regular interview, and essentially he sat here and said that a center's place is in the paint. And he shouldn't be he a center shouldn't be anywhere near the three point line, let alone you know what I mean you know what I mean let alone anywhere besides you know what I mean right under the basket. And obviously you have you I mean you have guys like Joel Embiid who are a mutant among men when it comes down to um his how he plays the game. It's the new it's the new breed of center. It's 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 not it's the new breed of center that you almost need to have if you want to be successful. This, like it, and Hakeem Olajuwon is great. He's one of the greatest players to ever live, to ever lace him up, but it just reeks of another one of the older people that just can't stand that the league is evolving and things are changing and that's okay. And it's not just basketball. It happens in every sport. Absolutely. In every sport. you look Like I said, we we just talked about in the fir the first episode of this podcast, when we were talking about the Tortorella hire, and I told you how he sounded like one of those crusty old dudes when he was getting upset at people trying the Michigan and flipping things over the net, like, oh, you know, I miss how the game used to be. Now you're going to have kids practice. Well, that's how the game is going now. P players are becoming more creative. They're discovering new ways to score, you know, and that's how it is. And you have basketball. to. Yes, you adapt. You the have game to evolve on you the adapt. game. Yeah, like if you can develop, like if you can have a center that can do all of those things, like here's what's weird for Hakeem to say that. 
all of those traditional center qualities, all of the centers can and still do. You're just mad that they've expanded their range. Joel Embiid still bangs bodies down low, back to the basket. Do Funny enough, uses your move. Does the dream shake. <laughs> hits people with it. Does that shit down low. You're just mad that he has a three-point game. Into which Joel has said that Akeem Olajuwon is one of his favorite players of all time. And obviously, we all know he's he is one of the greats. Yeah. This is one of those situations where it's like where, when people say, hey, man, don't ever meet your heroes. Because can you imagine how much that must suck to hear from somebody who literally one of the best big game guys. after basically saying that, like, oh, you're not like we used to be. Mm-hmm. Bitch, shut the fuck up. But but it's, it's not just it. Like, that is the new center. You look at Joel Embiid. You look at Jokic, the way he can pass for a big. And Joel Embiid's doing better this year because he's so much better a passer this year than he mm-hmm. used to be. He's clearly worked on his court vision and, and whatnot in, in the offseason. Um, but, yeah, guys like him. Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Davis. I know technically he's not a center. He might as fucking well be. Anthony Davis, the Lopez brothers, more so Brooke than, 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 um, oh God, Robin, more so Brooke than Robin. But yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, Jokic, him. Um, I'm trying to think. Of I mean, shit, dude, yo, even, even Al Horford, man. Yeah. Al Horford. Again, he, you dude, know, sometimes you, they play him at center. Sometimes they don't, but yeah, even Al, even Al Horford. Dude, um, yo, he covered for Joel. Yeah. You know what I mean, dude? He was the yo, he was the bench fill-in for Joel. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, dude, yes. Yeah. Abs- absolutely. So, yeah, that's I did I did I didn't read it, but I did see that, you know, and, and read enough about it to know. Like, I just thought it was just funny. Like, like it's just it's just it's not it's neat, just, dude. It's unnecessary. It's goofy. It's it's just some goofy shit. Like, why are you so upset with a sport moving on and evolving? Like, I, I don't get it. Like, nothing's... Th- like, you gotta stop being afraid of change, for Christ's sake. Like, you gotta stop being afraid. With change comes good things. I agree. And guess what? And guess what? If people hated it and it sucked, it's not like they couldn't put it, they could put it back the way it was. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> like, do you think if... Set, like, do you think if Joel Embiid was going out here shooting threes and making two out of every 50 he took, that, that he'd keep taking them? No. Oh, no. The fuck? No, like but it's the fact mad. that he has, like, an insane fucking percentage, you know what I'm saying, from the fucking arc, dude. Like, yo, dude, have at it. Not to yeah. mention, dude, it, yo, it makes your game, it makes the team so much more dynamic, being able to have more guys that can shoot threes on the on the court at the same time. Yeah. Like, think of how much sports evolve usually. Like, Michael Jordan, his era, like, not in the grand scheme of sports and how far back they go. Not that far from where we're at. He was still playing with the Bulls dynasty in the 90s. 90s aren't all that far compared to how old these sports are. And back then, Michael Jordan barely shot any threes. And it's fucking Michael Jordan. Now, largely due to Steph Curry, he pretty much changed the game when it came to threes. Now, you have, you have, think about it. Michael Jordan was the best player in his sport Mm -hmm. for damn near the entire time he played and rarely ever shot threes. Steph Curry, right now, generally shoots around 15 of them a game. And he's not even remotely the only one at this point that does that. <laughs> so, sports change. This is what happens. <laughs> you mm, know what I, mean? I agree. We doing this? That shit. Yeah, we doing it. We doing it? We doing it. I've been, I've been waiting to get to this part 
And that Let's is go. where we get to talk some Eagles football because bitches, we still playing. <laughs> we punk ass giants here. Punk ass giants is right. Is right. And before we even get to any X's and O's about the game or any of that, you know where we need to start? Because what did we talk about last week? We talked about how the league dared, dared Philadelphia to be drunk for this game, saying that they made it at 8 o'clock so we couldn't do that. And what did Philadelphia fans do? They said, bet. And for anyone who doesn't know, uh, did we, we didn't talk about this, right? That With the wings and all that shit? No, not the wings, no. Now, you heard about what fans did, right? No, actually, I didn't. Oh, then you are going to love this, my Please. guy. Sit back and enjoy. Okay. So, Philadelphia fans, when they heard, you know, because because the, the way it works, whatever time you have the game at, the parking lot is only open at a certain time before that game. It's not like yes. if you have an 8 o'clock game, the parking lot opens at 8 o'clock in the morning. You know, that's just not how it works. So, prior to the Eagles season, the Philadelphia Wings had a game scheduled for 8 o'clock this past Sunday when the Eagles played. So what happened was, due to the fact that the Eagles did make the playoffs, and this is how it it shook out, Philadelphia didn't want to have a crazy bottleneck of traffic and shit like that with two games going on at once, and they wanted people to be able to watch. So they moved the Wings game. Uh, for any of you who, who listen who aren't from here don't know, that is the Philadelphia lacrosse team, is the Philadelphia Wings. And um, so they moved the Wings game to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. So what Philadelphia fans did was bought up a shitload of tickets to the Wings game and didn't go to the Wings game. They bought tickets to the Wings game just so they could get into the parking lot of the sports complex at 10 o'clock in the morning and tailgate all the way until the (laughs) Eagles game. That is the last time you doubt the ingenuity of Philadelphia fans. Do I feel bad for the Wings that they probably had an empty stadium because everyone bought up their tickets and didn't go to the game? <laughs> probably. But they probably got a chuckle once they realized why. Probably. So, yeah, people literally bought tickets. People that had tickets to the Eagles game bought tickets to the Wings game because they're not all that expensive and just sat in the parking lot and drank and tailgated all the way up until the game. Yeah, because all you got to do is cross the street. So that's You cross the street old... and then you're, I mean, you're right at the link. Yeah, that's a big old fuck you to the league. And I love it. <laughs> So now, now that I got that amazing story out of the way, I'll let Wes take you into some of the X's and O's of how uh, this glorious game went down at Lincoln Financial Field against the G-Men. Let's talk about the NFC Divisional Playoff game between the New York Football Giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Philadelphia Eagles won that game 38-7, to naturally. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, sorry. I had, Naturally, I had but, to let that but, one. Yeah, in. and you know, we we were saying this before we before we cut the mics on to record before Wes actually gets into the meat and potatoes of the game is both of us had the same eerie sense of calm before this game. Like I sat and and, and Wes agreed. Like I, I was not nervous for a second. And this isn't like hindsight. This isn't like shit talking because any other like our next game, I will be nervous. I will absolutely oh, be nervous. Very much so. Um, if we had. You know, if we played pretty much anybody else in last week's game, if, we, if it was the Cowboys, if it, it, had it been the had it been the Vikings, had it been the Vikings, if the Vikings beat um, the Giants, I would have been a little bit nervous. I still would have said my Kirk Cousins in primetime shit, but 
I would have been a little bit more nervous. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then we would have been facing Dallas this week. Or yeah, we no, we would have had Dallas instead of instead of New York if Minnesota won, because Minnesota would would have went to San Fran. We we were the highest seed, so we got whoever the lowest seed was. The lowest seed was yes, and the lowest seed would have been the Vikings. No, no, really, no. The lowest seed would have been Dallas because Dallas was was a wild card team. Vikings were NFC North win. Why did I think that we would have been playing the Vikings? I am tripping. No. Am I tripping? Yes, you are tripping. Because the only teams we would have played would either have been Tampa, Dallas, or New York. There would have been no way for us to play um, Minnesota just, just because of the way that they were ranked. But anyway, that was a long way around to basically say that the Giants were just the one team that really didn't. Christ, I would have been more nervous going against Tampa just because of the Brady effect. Like, you never know what's going to happen. That, so, that one, I agree. So, yes, but he, we were just eerily calm, like uh, not really worried about anything the Giants had to offer. And and boy, did the Eagles say, hey, we sense how calm you are. We're just as calm. <laughs> so uh, why don't you yeah, take dude, us there, Skitch? Dude, it went fucking fantastic. Yo, Jalen Hurts I'll do a zero to 100 real quick. <laughs> yo, Jalen Hurts had 154 yards, two touchdowns off of 24 attempts. Man, si- 16 catches from 24 attempts. Let me tell you. Those 16 catches, they only went to five people. Mm-hmm. That's it. That The only receivers that caught a ball, Devontae Smith, Dallas Goddard, A.J. Brown, Kenneth Gainwell, Zach Pascal. That's it. Uh, our rushing. Dude, our rushing. We had 268 total yards rushing in this game. 6.1 yards average. Three rushing touchdowns. Can we? What, bitch? Can we stay here? for a second because I want to talk about someone who doesn't often get as much love as everybody else but it's pertinent right now. Are you talking about the Giant Killer? No. No. Because against the Giants he does get credit because he fucking kills the Giants but no. Gainwell. What a game. What a, what a drive on that on the one drive I want to say it was the third or the fourth quarter where yeah. my man got the ball I feel like it was four or five straight times and could not be stopped. <laughs> like, yeah, um, Gainwell went 12 carries for 112 yards and a touchdown. That is Dude, a phenomenal game. Average 9.3. Yeah, that's in, that is that's insane. That is insane when you are not even counted on for that. If you no. give us that, that if I no matter who we're playing, no matter who we're playing, if I tell you before the game, damn what anybody else does, that's that's a mystery. That Gainwell is going to go 12 carries for, what did you say, 112 yards? 112. 12 carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown. You'd probably think we won that game, no matter who the fuck we're playing, if Gainwell goes that if far. Gainwell not did. that he's not capable of it, but he's just not the guy that normally needs to. No. And look, at the same time, you know what I mean? You had Miles Sanders, who had did 90 yards <laughs> off of 17 <laughs> yeah. carries, dude. Yo, dude, yeah. yo, yo, he averaged over five yards a carry. Yeah. And then go ahead. Since we're talking rushing, shout out the Giant Killer, because that oh, is an Boston insane Scott, stat. baby. Six carries for 32 yards, 5.3 yards per carry, and he got his touchdown like we knew he would. I swear this man's going to change his name to New York, Scott. Yo, I, I, saw, I saw one of those NFL meme things to where it was uh, the New York Giants are trading basically half of their team for Kenneth, for um, Boston Scott, so that way he's no longer a giant killer. Yeah. <laughs> we don't even need to use them. We just don't want you to use them. That's pretty much it. Like, yo, the Eagles could trade him off to every team, like, you mean, for the first few weeks of the season, just. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Anytime they have to play against New York. Yo, where's, where's he at? Where's he at? 
But um, let's see. Dude, yo, Devontae Smith, six carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Dallas Goddard was a beast. Five yeah. catches for 58 yards and a touchdown. Both of them had over 10 yards per carry. Um, yeah, dude. AJ Brown had three catches for 22 yards. I was I was sending you text messages, bro. Like, yo, AJ looked mad. He looked mad in that game. And I think it's like I think it was two reasons. Number one, I I think he was dealing with some type of ankle issue. He was I definitely he do. was definitely he was he, limping. He definitely was limping and come up ginger. So I'm hoping that that was it because you you can't be that type of dude. Like, because if it's not that, and it's because you didn't have that typical AJ Brown game where you're getting all the targets and you've got, you know, however many receptions for a hundred some yards and two touchdowns, you cannot. That is a stats over wins guy. That is a cancer to a team. If that is, if that's what that was. So I I hope to God that it wasn't. And I hope to God everything that that I have seen about AJ Brown and all the interviews and everything with him tells you it's not that tells me it's not that. I, but at the same time, like, I mean, dude, he knows in big games he needs to show up big and only having three catches and only being that's I mean, like I mean, if you were targeted six times, you should be able to catch the majority of those balls. Half, I mean, only catching half. I mean, that doesn't flow even, well. Even still, you know why you should smile, especially coming from Tennessee. Imagine you are A.J. Brown, A.J. fucking Brown. You were brought here to be that dude to unlock Jalen Hurts, which you have, which you absolutely yes. have. You are A.J. Brown. And in a playoff game, you were pretty much, compared to what you normally do, essentially irrelevant. And your team still won by a million. You should be happy about that. But did you see him on the sideline? Like, oh yeah, dude, oh yeah. Every, you know, everybody, everybody to his left were, yeah. You know I mean, dude, like, uh, like running backs, and wide receivers, and, and quarterbacks. And... Dude, dude, they were all were happy, smiling, everything, and he was just sitting there. You know, what I mean, just pouty face. Yeah, and Sirianni and like, had to come over and and like you know. Sirianni went over, Jalen went over, and I'm like, even like, if come even on, if dog. even if the frustration was because you were hurt, that was not the time to be pouting like that. Mm-mm. Not the so time. So I I'm hoping I'm hoping that he realizes that from himself and he. You know what I mean? And he shows us exactly who he who he's yeah. supposed to be. Because you know where this, this gets next us into, you know where this gets us into trouble. If this is one of those he's pissed about his individual performance game, even though we won the damn game, this is how you end up getting into a situation where he's over targeted in the next game and we lose because of it. Because you're just trying to force feed AJ Brown the ball to keep him happy. And that is not Yeah, that doesn't work for anybody at all. No, absolutely not. Now um, I gave the offense plenty of love, but I I I can't not show the defense love, dude. Hassan oh, Reddick, sack and oh. a half, five tackles, four of them solo. Darius Slay, five tackles, four of them solo. You had uh, Fletcher Cox had a sack. Josh Sweat came back and had a sack and a half. Brandon Graham killing it again with another sack and a tackle for loss. And I'm pretty sure that was Fountain a fumble Fountain that he caused. That, man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, didn't didn't uh, didn't Bradbury get a pick? Bradbury got a pick. Uh, f- hilariously enough, considering we got him from them. <laughs> One of the best things was AJ. Uh, no, nah, um, Slay, big play Slay. He had a tweet out, and he goes, "Thanks, New York." And it was the tweet about um about Bradbury getting traded, or you mean, or coming over? You mean, you mean not signing with the Giants and coming to Philly? With how with how tough it is in this city. And how much shit he's deservedly gotten sometimes. You know who has to be sitting down right now just feeling like they have the biggest dick on the fucking planet? 
Howie Roseman. Howie Roseman, man. Because the amount of times you hear commentators talking about players we have and going, how the fuck did they get him? And they keep on like, point. Dude, they keep on showing the camera at the box, at the at the owner's box. And guess who's standing there with Howie. Lori? Just, yeah. yo, dude, yo, yo, he, dude, he's always leaning over the side. He's never sitting down. He's yeah. always standing or leaning. Yeah, because his nuts are dragging him over. <laughs> <laughs> That's why. His big ass dude, when nuts are pulling him over. they're that fucking big. Like, <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Clanging and banging, baby. Fucking <laughs> clanging and banging. But he think about this. In one offseason, in one offseason, you get A.J. Brown. You get Gardner Johnson. You get Bradbury. You get, uh, did we get Slay this year? No. Or last year? No, we got him last year. Last year, okay. Um, you get, I know we got hurt. Into which, yo, what's, dude, getting uh, him from getting him from Detroit wasn't easy. Yeah. Uh, but like it, it's 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 bananas. It's absolutely fucking bananas. Um, yeah. So he he's you know shout out him because you know <clears throat> in now, typical Philadelphia fashion we are going to dog you when you make fucked up moves, but when you put us in a position like this and don't get it twisted, you put us in this, but you put that talent there, and he did. Rock on, brother. And he we did. We appreciate it. <laughs> and he's walking around with that wheelbarrow right now. He right sure now. Um, I also want to give a shout out for the punt, yo. Brett Kern. Three punts, all of them inside the 20. He'd probably be so happy to hear that because how many times do you think a punter ever gets shouted out? Look, I got no issue with punters or kickers. You know what I'm saying? Like, dude, I played special teams. I always enjoyed hanging out with the punters and kickers. Dude. He he kicked for a total of 129 yards. He, his longest punt was 53 yards. Like, dude, that's a that's a good boot. And like I said, dude, everything inside the 20, no touchbacks. Yeah. So not only did we only go, you mean you mean we didn't make it down to the to the red zone or whatever, you know what I mean, only three times. But yeah. even with all that, he averaged 43 yards per punt. You can't be mad at uh, something like that. Well. Unless you got more shout outs to give, I got some questions for you. I do not have any more shout outs to give. So how about you do the questions and then we can talk about the uh next game? Yeah. Yep. And then we'll go around the league. We'll discuss, you know, the other matchups that happen and whatnot. But uh so questions here. So before the game, you know, on on last week's episode, we were talking about, you know, the the little nagging injuries we had between Lane Johnson and and you know, Jalen Hurts being nicked and stuff like that. Obviously Hurts had to play, but Seeing how you can tell for one, and also he said it, Jalen Hurts also said it, that he's still struggling with a little bit of the shoulder thing. And you could tell with how he played because with the exception of one, when he rushed, he was making sure that he slid and did not take any contact that he didn't need to take. Yeah. But at just about every single play, you saw Lane Johnson not walking properly, looking like he was just struggling. Now, he still played fantastic. Now, do you think... That once, because let's be real, that game got out of hand real quick. And I know generally why teams don't do it in the postseason, but are you surprised that they didn't sit any guys, especially in at least once we got to the fourth quarter, even in the third quarter, really, when we when we were up by, we were up by what, four scores? In the fourth quarter, we were up 28 to seven. To, <clears throat> sorry, 28 to seven. You know what I mean? I mean, that's what it was at the beginning of the fourth. 28 seven. So, and then especially once we get that next touchdown. Right, because we did. What was the final? It was thirty-eight something, right? Thirty-eight-seven was the. So once we get that nut down, like if if you were in that seat, would you have sat some guys and said, "Hey, it's not 
like that the likelihood that we're going to lose this game right now is pretty fucking slim. So let's certain get guys, some of these guys. Certain guys. Look, I, I'm speaking mainly about so, guys like Lane, who you can you can visually see are hobbled. So here's so here's my so here's my thought about that. I have no issue with with sitting some sitting guys. You know what I mean? Who are dealing with injuries? You know what I mean? This. You know I mean obviously this yeah, late not, in the season. Yeah, I'm not talking but, putting in all your second stringers. Uh-uh, no, 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 no. But here's the thing. Um, uh, Dristel, which is the Giants' head coach. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's he's like Sirianni, you know what I mean? You know what I mean, he's Wait, a little Driscoll, different. You mean Dable? Brian Dable? Is it Dable? Yeah. Okay, yeah, fine. I then. thought you were talking about the Driscoll on our team. No. <laughs> okay, like, fine. No, not Dable, whatever. <laughs> yeah, Brian Dable, yeah. Um, so, you know I mean, you know, both of them are kind of like a little unorthodox with how they do shit. So, if you see a team start to start to change shit out like that, I'm more worried about them starting to want to hurt guys. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? That's that's always my way. I mean, my worry is somebody feeling a certain way about having to go against a second string guy. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? And sitting the starter. You know what I mean? I, I just, I'm worried about those types of things. Look, I I don't know what Sirianni was thinking. I don't know what any of the offensive because um, what we were saying is, and we, and we even said thinking. this. We even said this before the Giants game. Like realistically, and you can tell we probably didn't. Realistically, you don't need. Lane Johnson to beat the New York Giants. No. You need Lane Johnson to beat whether or not it was the Cowboys or the, the Niners. You need him to win. If you don't have Lane Johnson, you're facing one of those two teams, you're not winning that game more than likely. I already know it's pretty much guaranteed that Bosa is going to line up on his side like most of the time. I mean, it makes sense. They're, but here's the thing: they're going to do that because they are going to they're going to work Lane Johnson's groin like nobody's business, trying to put it to its absolute limit I mean, to where you? he can't play. Dude, if they're <laughs> if you see a weakness, exploit it. Yeah, absolutely. If, as much as I look, normally I'm not that kind of guy. I don't normally talk that way about things, but. I do also understand the mentality of playing a you mean of playing a sport and you, you mean you do a, you, you have to have a pluck pluck god damn it you do have to have a cutthroat mentality you yeah. know what I mean like you always hear like, these, we're not like you always hear these things of like, like um you know what I mean like I'm I do apologize for interrupting you no, no, you no, mean keep, dude keep your foot on the pedal you know what I mean you mean stay on the gas keep your foot on the neck you know what I mean like you you, you always hear those types of sayings and they're horrible but. There's a reason why, it, you know, I mean, in sports that it is that way. Yeah, you said like it's just a, you know, it's just a harsh way to say basically, don't give up, don't let, don't let up, because you yeah, see don't how up. quickly if you let up, a team can sneak right back in, no problem. Mm-hmm. So you got to keep keep that pressure on. And what we're talking about, what I'm talking about here, isn't like I'm not talking about. We're not talking about like some Saints bounty shit where you know you know uh you're a defensive player and you know a receiver's got a bum knee so you're like hey let's let's rip at that knee and see what happens like we're not talking that shit like that's fucked up i'm not necessarily with all that but it's just like you know yeah if if i know someone's got an injury i'm not necessarily going to target it but i'm going to make them have to work it as much as they can (laughs) you know what i mean and you're going to make so, them work it with your best player to put in that position, which absolutely. is Bosa for the Niners. Absolutely. And even though he got, even though he got, you know, five to ten years in prison when he played, uh, Mike Parsons would have done the same shit. Oh yeah, <laughs> he would have lined up and like, fuck, I, I know you had me in prison last time, but you know, I'm the best guy for the job here. <laughs> so 
Oh, and they would have worked um, him fucking hard. Absolutely. So my next question will lead you right in to uh, talking about the the game coming up because what I was going to ask is, you know, since we did win our game, and thank God it's so great for me to say that uh, the 49ers beat the Cowboys and it is going to be Eagles and 49ers. What did you see that the Cowboys did successfully? Because their defense did play, like their defense kept them in that game. It's the offense that let them down. So what did you see the defense do to Brock Purdy and the San Fran offense that you think we can expand upon and maybe get some takeaways, get some, you know, just some extra pressure? Some What, so, what can we do? I'm not going to look at I, I, I understand where you're coming from with your question. I'm going to look at it from a slightly different way. Go ahead. The, the way that we win this game, if you want guys to get interceptions, we are really going to need our front four to do some heavy fucking lifting to be able and to get I some mean, pressure without with the just them. Yes. Yeah. Ma- yo, maybe Over. sending one other guy, maybe having five go in, but you mm-hmm. I mean, do even so you're talking about one of the best screen running backs in the game mm-hmm. with Christian McCafferty, you know what I mean? Going up against him and like, but you dude, you can't slight, you can't slight his ability to go ahead and go between the tackles because he can bull motherfuckers they- over. They have an embarrassment of riches on that team. Debo Samuel as well. Oh my God, Debo! Fuck. <clears throat> you got to think mention, you're gonna, you got you got to think that you're going to double him. Not to mention, we have a hell of a record dealing with Trent Williams, who is one of the offensive linemen for that team. You he used to play for the Commanders. Used to be the Redskins when he played for them. Who? Who? Say again. I'm sorry. Trent Williams. He was a number oh, one yeah, yeah, pick yeah. for yep. for Washington. Way I mean, back in the early yeah. two, back yeah, in like the mid two thousands. You've got like that. you've got Samuel. You've got McCaffrey. You've got Ayuk. You've got uh um Jesus Christ. Who am I forgetting? You got um Kittle. Kittle. Jeez, yeah, <laughs> you got Kittle. Oh, you know, one A, one B, best tight end in the game currently, probably. I mean, Travis Kelsey's got number one locked up like a motherfucker, but so we'll, well say see. And two. that's the thing, man, dude. Yo, you're you're literally like right now in the in the playoffs. You're talking about having three out of four. of The teams have some of the best tight ends in the fucking league between Cincinnati. If you look Kansas at Kansas City yeah, and you, at, you know what I mean, and um, San Fran. You yeah, you look at all the teams that are left. They are loaded with talents at the skills positions. Agreed. Loaded. Loaded. Agreed. Loaded. This is gonna be some wild shit, but I uh, so no, so I hear I hear what you're saying. So, um, yeah, I'm looking at it more as they need to they need to be able to disguise some really good things on defense and and be able to disguise their blitzes really well, in order to be able to make Purdy throw because I feel like our corners will be able to get the jump on a handful of routes. You know what I mean, dude? It won't be a lot of them. It, dude, there might only be maybe six routes that we might be able to yeah. try to get a jump on. Like, and that's me being. You know what I mean? Liberal I th- with my thoughts. I think the key I think one of the keys to beating them is getting getting in and up on them early because Brock Purdy seems to to take a little bit to settle in in most games. Like there's been a couple games where he's just been outrageous from start to finish, but then even even in the Cowboys game, he like he started the game with like two or three passes that were easily interceptable. Easily. Wildly overthrowing or underthrowing receivers. So I think if we can be dialed in and get like an early takeaway, because think about it. Yes, he's playing great. He's won, what, eight in a row at this point? Mr. Irrelevant, last pick in the draft, winning eight in a row. Yes, he's dropped into a stacked team, but he is still 
a rookie that is going to be going into a hostile environment. So if you can think about everything has broken right for him since he started. So if you can get a jump on him early and get any demons to creep into him, just something to go left. You know, I think that's now that'll help. And again, I mean, dude, I will say like this, this is the toughest game that the Eagles have played this entire season. There is not a single game in these 18 games that they have played that I have been even the slightest bit scared, worried or anything. This game, this one here takes the cake this season right now for being the toughest game that they will ever have currently. And you know what's funny? I would be so much, and it's so funny considering he's Mr. Irrelevant, I'd be so much less terrified if Jimmy Garoppolo was quarterback. Because I I know I could count on him to give us the ball a couple times. Exactly. So I feel like there's something, but like there's something going on, like, Dude, we we witnessed it. Was he Mr. Irrelevant? No. But we witnessed Nick Foles win a Super Bowl. And why I say that is because we witnessed lightning in a bottle, which is essentially what that is. And even if this is all Brock Purdy ever does, this could be his lightning in a bottle. <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not and wrong. That's that's what's scary. You don't have a lot of tape on the kid. Sometimes you're sometimes it's tougher going against somebody who's too dumb to realize they shouldn't be doing all this shit yet. (laughs) Like, you know what I mean? Like you hear that all the time in sports. It's like, they're too stupid to realize they shouldn't win this game. And then they win this game. (laughs) You know what I mean? I mean, at the same, like, dude, I mean, Purdy out of anybody's playing with house money. Everything he is doing is house money. And dude, yo, dude, he's playing with house money with a smile on his face. So look, as he should, could you imagine if if you're a second or a third string quarterback, could you imagine being dropped into a better situation? <laughs> Look at all you have around you. How many no. other teams in the NFL can you say, you know, take, you know, you put Brock Purdy on, you could put Brock Purdy on Cincy. It'd probably still be tough for him. I mean, yeah, you probably. got Jamar Chase. You got, you got, you got guys, but that everywhere, you got everything everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere you look, they, they can protect the quarterback in San Fran. They can get after your quarterback in San Fran. You've got, receivers and tight yeah, dude, ends this and running stacked. backs and this team is stacked as, as all literally hell. everything it's uh it's gonna be a doozy but i'm yeah. here for it i mean look I'm, I'm like i said i'm scared i'm scared about it but i'm i'm absolutely here for it i mean look the Eagles it's gonna are... be it's gonna be scary from here on out even if we're if we're oh, fortunate yeah. enough to get through this game it's like you ain't got, there ain't no cakewalk coming in the super bowl either no absolutely not yeah, pick i poison. mean the eagles <laughs> eagles are a two and a half point favorite in this game, um, into which to me, like, yo, that tells me that this is a, this is even more of a fucking push line. You mean that like, you mean, so, so Vegas doesn't really know. There's no way we're a two point, we're, we're a minus two, five favorite. If this game's in San Fran, there's no No. way, no, no way. Brock Purdy or no Brock Purdy. There's no way. (laughs) No, but at the same time, know how rowdy the link can be. And that's why they're, that's why it's even as close as it is. Yeah, no, you're not wrong. I agree with you. Um, all right, just a random question for you on this. So the t- so the over under on this game is forty five point five. What do you think? I don't. I don't know. I don't know that I take that just because we literally just saw what happens when they play the Cowboys and you have two really good defenses. Not a lot of points were scored, and we have two really good defenses. San Fran's best defense in the league, and we're a very good defense too. So. I don't think I, I think I go under. I do mm. think I go under. 
Mm. It's just I I think both teams are going to struggle to score. I do. And one of the big things with the Eagles with their defense has always been a bend don't break. So you mean so they'll let you march, but once you get inside that thirty and twenty yard line, you mean that's when things get real difficult for for opposing teams. I mean our defense yeah. really shines then. Yeah. Oh my god. But um, um all right. So you want to go ahead and you want to talk about these other games that happened? Yeah, absolutely. So um, so well, might as well we might as well stick in the NFC. Uh, for now, since that's where we're where we reside, and yeah, so the reason, the whole reason that we are playing San Fran is because they took care of business against uh, America's team. I said that with uh, rabbit ears. Um, Sorry, they um they handled business and it was glorious. It was glorious because I was to, I I don't even care if the Cowboys are a more favorable matchup. I just wanted them out. I didn't want to play them. I, yeah. I I wanted them out. I want them I gone. The I wanted way. that. I wanted that record to continue. Of how long it's been since they've been in the NFC Championship? Twenty-seven years. Yeah, and what I love even more is that little by little, their team is starting to implode. Because did you see what happened from the official Cowboys Twitter page today? It was either last night or today. The official Cowboys Twitter page, your verified what? Twitter page, wasn't it talking about um. If certain shit happened, or I basically the... put the basically put the entire game on Dak Prescott. Yeah, which yeah 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 yes yeah, yes yeah, his did, play was the determining factor in the game. But you can't do that. Could you imagine? Could you imagine that us is a losing a game? Employee. And that's what that could is. you could you that's that's a that's probably a fired employee at this point. <laughs> but could you Absolutely. could you imagine that? Could you imagine like pick a team pick any other pick any uh, pick any other team in the postseason i'm not talking about teams that are struggling you say what you want pick any team that made the fucking postseason maybe maybe outside of seattle which still they wouldn't have had a right because geno smith was incredible this year but could you imagine if you know say next week you know joe burrow stinks it up could you imagine them being like oh you know all we had to do was not turn over the game you know not turn over the ball but you know joe burrow could not do that could you imagine that shit Oh uh, no, no only Dallas. Nah, nah. Only Dallas. <laughs> but you know, you got what I love so much about the Cowboys and what I've learned year after year after year after year after year, and it's it is so true. Stephen A. Smith says it every year. Just wait, just be patient. What can go wrong will go wrong. What go. we know about the Cowboys is as expectations rise, the way they play drops drastically. The second there's expectations. So what happens? You have this great year. You know, Dak goes out. You don't miss a beat. You got Cooper Rush comes in and, you know, he does his thing. And then you get to the postseason. You dismantle Tom Brady. And then when I say what can go wrong, will go wrong, what happens? All of a sudden, your kicker forgets how to kick. Your quarterback can't seem to figure out what team to throw the ball to. You got injuries popping up. You got guys drop. You got, you know. You got Trayvon Diggs, who wanted to talk shit on Stephen A. Smith for picking them to lose that game against the uh, against the Bucks. Then he's saying, "Oh, keep that same energy." You know, we did business, and he dropped. He had two balls he could have picked that he dropped. You can't write. <laughs> you couldn't write the Steven Spielberg couldn't write this shit. That's how fantastic of a story this is. It's just what can go wrong will go wrong. Just be patient, and uh, it struck again. So that's why we get San Fran, and then you go to the flip side 
and we had um one game that was much honestly both games were kind of hard to watch both games were tough to watch you want to start with the with the chiefs and the jags yeah we'll start with that one so i mean look this was very early in the first quarter uh patrick mahomes got hurt he got his ankle rolled on he ended up with a high and, ankle sprain and let's be real that's the only reason this game was sketchy <laughs> You know what I mean? Chiefs ended up winning this game 27 to 20. I mean, is there any part of you, is there any part of you anywhere, even a half a percent, that saw a 98 yard drive from Chad Henney coming? No. But even that's only because the brilliance I, of Andy Reid. <laughs> the brilliance of Andy Reid doesn't always doesn't always shine when you have players like Chad Henney. <laughs> right? And it's not, and it's and not I'm like, not Ch- and it's not Chad like, Henney. It's, it's just, not, but it's, we're talking, he's not Patrick Mahomes. But, no, he's not. And he's, and the, he's barely And the Sam team's Bradford, not built anywhere near around Henney's, Henney's his expertise. Capa- his, his expertise, his capability. I was about to say, this isn't like Chad Henney was throwing to Tyreek Hill and, you know, everyone that the Chiefs did have. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like, and he drove 98 yards. That was the difference in the game. Yeah. Oh, that drive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that that game was sketchy because Pat Mahomes got hurt. You know, his ankle got rolled up on it. I believe they said it's a high ankle sprain. High ankle sprain. Um, and you never want to like, I you don't want to see that happen this late. Like, you know, if if we do say we do make it to the Super Bowl and say the Chiefs make it to the Super Bowl, like you don't you want that guy to be a hundred percent. You don't yes. want any of these asterisk games where, oh, you know, you beat this team, but their starting quarterback was hurt or hobbled or they didn't have this guy. Like you want every, you don't want any excuses. So you want everybody healthy. Agreed. Um, but yeah, that's why that game was sketchy. But yeah, the chiefs did pull that out. So the arrowhead invitational uh, continues. And it is, and that's exactly where it's all going to be because the Cincinnati Bengals walked into Buffalo and they, they handle some damn business. They really did. I feel like 27 to 10. Is, is you know, was the total total score? The Giants. Well, no, no, I'm not going to put them on the same level. So there are some teams that, for different reasons, are going to have some interesting off seasons. So the Giants, it's probably a good thing that what happened happened against us because they now have a reason to not give Daniel Jones the crazy contract they probably would have had to give him had he won that game. Because the year that he had and whatnot, but he turned pretty much right back into Daniel Jones. He did he turn the ball over? Did, like was he fumbling every five seconds? No, but he did. But turn he the did ball have over. one fumble and one yeah. pick. Yeah. Um. So like he 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 turned back into like a little bit of the old Daniel Jones. But when it when it comes to Buffalo, there's going to be some uncomfortable conversations they're going to have to start having there, because I agree. Is. Is Josh Allen a confetti quarterback? Is he? I don't know. For uh, it's well, crazy. Hasn't like, he the, played the, Josh the Allen... last like third of the season injured? Isn't he dealing with an injury? Like it's not by like shoulder or, or elbow injury. I'm not trying to sound like a dick because yes, injuries do matter. But when you get to this part of the season, who isn't playing with some sort of injury at this point? There's very yeah, few like actually, his is actually I feel like his is I'm actually sure, yes, of, I know of some he has hurt significance. I know he has hurt a little bit, but this is also year five, right? This is the fifth year in a row where basically the Buffalo Bills Super Bowl is beating the Chiefs in the regular season. That is true. So, and this is the arc. It's an this elbow the, injury. 
It's an elbow injury. Okay. Throwing arm? Uh, not sure. I'm going to find that out. Um, but here's what I said. Like, the Josh Allen roller coaster. And I like Josh Allen. Like, I told you, I, I gained so, like, I already liked him as a player, but I gained so much more respect for him as, as a human with, with how he handled the Hamlin situation. So I'm not saying this to dog him. This is literally just an X's and O's standpoint is on like the, the roller coaster ride that you get from Josh Allen, where doesn't it seem for at least the last three years, doesn't it seem like at some point in the season, like midway through, he's already being crowned as the MVP? Oh yeah. Every year. It seems they like are very, happens. very quick. I mean, he and is... it's not that his play doesn't reflect it. That's why I'm calling it a roller coaster ride. He goes, it's like up, 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 up. And then just when you need something, it's down, 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 down. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm not placing all the blame at his feet or anything like that. It's not like they went against some scrubs. Cincinnati Bengals, sure, shit ain't scrubs. Um, it was his ulnar uh, collateral ligament in his right elbow. And I believe he is right-handed. I believe he does throw with his right. Um, but I just I just feel like some really uncomfortable conversations are going to have, especially with how that game ended with with the pictures that they have in the video of Stefan Diggs. You, you you saw that, right? Uh, No. At the end of the game, Josh Allen's sitting on the bench and he's looking at the tablet and Stefan Diggs, who's their best offensive weapon, walks right by him and is standing right in front of him with his arms up like this, like looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing? Get me the fucking ball. Like, what are we doing? Like, and th- that's not a good problem. That's not a problem you want to have. No, is it's your not. best receiver and your franchise quarterback. You know what I mean? And it's, uh, you know, it's, there's going to be some uncomfortable conversations there. So with that game, the matchup you have in the AFC championship game, like Wes said, you have the, you have the Cincinnati Bengals and you have the Kansas City Chiefs. And realistically, man, that's Kansas City's gotta be feeling a little a little rough with that one because they struggle with Cincy with a healthy Patrick Mahomes. They do. And that's and they struggle with Cincy with a healthy Patrick Mahomes, Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill. They yeah. no longer have Tyreek Hill. You don't have a hundred percent of Patrick Mahomes. And you are going against we're we're gonna call him Snowborough now. It ain't Joe Burrow no more. It's Snowborough. <laughs> but uh, he upgraded that name. Had to. Yeah. Um, but, but nah, dude. So Cincinnati is a point and a half favorite in that game. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I, oh, I think it's Cause, very fair because they have history on their side of beating the Chiefs. You have in Arrowhead. The, you, yeah, you have the injuries <laughs> on the other side. So yeah, I, I think that's. I think that's fair. All right, like so I said, look at the look at you just these four teams you just mentioned. Just look at the talent across all of them. You got the Chiefs. You've got first of all, let's just talk quarterbacks. You got Patrick Mahomes, you got Joe Burrow, you've got Jalen Hurts, and you've got Brock Purdy's the only like wild card because it's like, is he this good or do we just not know yet? Because it's so fresh. We don't know. But God forbid he ends up being there. There you go. You look at, you know, um, just in, in our matchup, you've got the skills position. You've got wide receivers. You've got AJ Brown and friggin' and Devontae Smith on one side. You've got Debo Samuel, Christian McCaffrey will catch some damn passes. You have fucking, you know, he's one of the best receiving backs you got in the league. Yeah, he really is. And like, so, dude, well, yo, yo, that's why I say with him the screen game. Yeah, dude, this, dude, the screen game. He is so insanely dynamic. Absolutely. 
Uh, and, and then you look at the AFC matchup, and you've got Mahomes versus Burrow, and you've got Travis Kelsey and Jamar Chase, and it's it's got Mixon, did Mixon, yeah, absolutely. How can I forget Mixon? It's uh, it's going to be a fun weekend of football, man. It really is. It's going to be a fun, good weekend of football, and so now, winners, now yeah. I need to know who you got. Well, we're obviously going to steer clear of our game because I'd be stupid to ever pick against us. So obviously I got the Eagles, but um, as much as I believe it or not, I actually do want to see, I'm, I'm a big fan of Patrick Mahomes. I would love to see him win um, to make it to the Super Bowl. Obviously if he's playing us, I don't want him to win, but while, while I, while I actually do want Kansas city to win, I can't pick them. I can't pick them. There's just too much, too much to overcome. I, you know, how, how mobile is Mahomes going to be able to be? And that's a, that's a big ticket a big key and, and what makes him special is his escapability and the shit that he can do on the run when Agreed. necessary. So I got, I got to go since he, and, and Joe Burrow is just look, I know we're not doing, I know we're about to get to hot takes in a second, so I'm not necessarily making this my hot take, but Lord knows it could be like played out over years, but it is a very real possibility that we are looking at the closest thing you can get to a Tom Brady. With Joe Burrow, because that motherfucker is surgical, man. He really is. <laughs> and like, you know, I, I'm not saying Tom Brady as far as like the accomplishments. I don't know that Joe, Joe Burrow is going to get six, seven, eight Super Bowls. But mm-hmm. as far as like the way they play the game, how he reads defenses, how he can just knife you and doesn't need a lot of time, it's uh, I'm seeing that in him. So I got, so I'm going to go Eagles and I'm going to go Cincy. See, I'm gonna do the same, and like so. I look obviously birds. I'm never, I'm, I'm never not gonna want to want the birds exactly. to win. That's a you know, silly question. Though. And with the Cincinnati Kansas City game, like I see me just with how long I've watched football, I would love for Kansas City to win just for us to beat Andy Reid in the Super Bowl. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just be, you, you know I mean just just to go ahead and have it. Like you know what I mean? Okay. You know what it's I mean? like it comes full circle. Exactly. You I mean, took us gonna... to a Super Bowl, and then we beat you in a Super Bowl. <laughs> and I like, dude, I like that thought. I really like that thought. You, you like the thought of of both Andy Reid Super Bowls to have anything to do with the Eagles. He'd lose both because he coached <laughs> us, and we lost. And then we play well, them I mean, and I, beat dude, them. I don't so like that thought. I, I'm not a fan of that thought. No, I like but, um, Nah, yo, but but to, 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 to be completely honest... I mean, I would love, I would like to see, you know I mean, the Kansas City Philadelphia Super Bowl. But right now, I'm personally thinking, I am truly believing that Cincinnati is going to win this game. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So normally uh, we hit here around the world in sports, but there's there's really not much. You know, there's not, you know, uh, there's a big trade that went, that, well, decently big trade that went down in the NBA. Um the Lakers who needed to make some moves, get some depth, get somebody to help out traded Kendrick Nunn and three second round picks to Washington for Rui Hachimura. He will definitely help that team, um, you know, make some moves. So that's probably the biggest thing. Kevin Durant's still out. So that's probably the biggest thing in, in basketball right now. Um, hockey, as much as it pains me to say the Boston Bruins are on pace to have um, the, uh, best single season record in NHL history, which I believe is 66 wins. Really? And they're on pace to beat that. I think they're like 30. I think they have like 36 wins or something already. Some fucking crazy. 
So I hate that, but it is a talking point. Um, football, we just took you, uh, we just took you around everything that's going on there. So we we might as well just jump right into our hot takes of the week, and we might as well let's revisit last week because we for a podcast we're three weeks in a row, baby. Because you called, I forget which one you called. I could, yeah, I called it three. I called it three weeks ago. You called what? You called one three weeks ago. I believe it was a game that you called. I'm pretty sure it was as a well. game. And then last week, I called the outcome of a game. Don't remember which one it was. Uh, two weeks ago, sorry. And then last week, I picked. I said that uh, Dak Prescott would have two picks, and which you got he did. It. And funny enough, he had a he he had a pick like immediately. So once he got the first yeah. one, I was like, oh, I'm feeling good here. <laughs> I'm feeling good. You got a pick on the first drive. Andy son. was ready to start dancing. Like one of the first. Co- I was dancing. Um. <laughs> so let's see. Yeah, your hot take last week was way too hot. Son. Oh yeah, it was horrible. You're gonna, you're gonna I know. To, you're gonna have to come a little bit further away from the sun on on this week, my guy. Okay, I I I, I think I actually have a good one. So my hot take for this week is taking us over to the AFC Championship game. I am looking at Joe. I'm not entirely sure if he actually did that to women mixing. He's going to have three rushing he on touchdowns. Video? <laughs> is he on video? Pretty sure he's on. I'm pretty sure. There's a I video. thought that was I thought because that was I was Zeke. shocked because I was video. shocked. That, I was shocked that he even got drafted. I, dude, I was shocked he got drafted as well. And that dude, that was the same year. That was the same year the draft was in Philly. That Mixon was in. Yeah. But um, anyway. no, I'm calling for him to get three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns. Okay, that's fair. I'm actually going to abandon the NBA, the NBA, the NFL this week and go to the NBA. And I now generally I don't like to uh, say anything that has to do with with a game that Philadelphia is a part of. But this isn't the playoffs. So realistically, if it goes sideways, not that huge deal. Uh, I am going to say since Joel Embiid did not get to play in that last game uh, against Brooklyn, if Joel Embiid does play, he's dropping 50. He's dropping 50 on Brooklyn. Because he's gonna have that he's gonna have that Ben Simmons shit in his heart. They really don't have anybody, I believe, any big that that can stop him from getting fifty if he wants to. And since we're winding it down, everybody's getting up out the stadium and walking to their cars to watch a whole bunch of cars sit in the parking lot and not move anywhere. Or you make your way to the subway and catch that SEPTA train back down to all in each to all any station, broad knowledge. Let me tell y'all where you can find us while you're on your travels home from these games and such. <clears throat> First and foremost, you want to send us an email. The easiest way for you to do it is going to be at phillygrit7 at gmail.com. After that, you have our Twitter. Our Twitter is at phillygrit7. I think y'all understand a pattern that I'm doing right here. You know how the you know how people always say things come in threes? Yeah, I've been hearing that as well. And we're we are the same so our instagram is also philly grit seven so please come check us out yep Uh, yo beautiful man it is a beautiful beautiful pattern but until next time stay fly stay philly stay fucking fantastic y'all as always stay gritty be good y'all